the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. And welcome back. Looks like this past week in the stock market was pretty boring. It ended up just about where it started. <laughs> Which is actually pretty good. And actually, when I say the stock market, that that's not quite accurate. That's the S&P 500. A lot of people refer to that as a stock market uh, because they just don't know any better. And I just succumb to the peer pressure of calling it the stock market. <laughs> but uh, it's actually 500 companies that are dominated by the top 50. And that is a one of the topics I want to talk about kind of a lot today. People think that the whole stock market's gone up over the last few months. And the reality is the large companies, particularly based in technology, have done very, very well, and they make up a mat, a, a huge percentage of the S&P 500. So a lot of people think that the whole stock market's gone up a lot, and in fact, a lot of them have been lagging fairly significantly. So if you're in large companies that deal in technology, there's a pretty good chance that you've done as well as the S&P 500 or even better, if you're not in those areas, if you're in small cap, international, mid cap, the uh, emerging markets, if you're in bonds, you know you haven't done nearly as well as those funds that have been focused on the large technology. The other side of that is that if you were, it's great, awesome, you made some money, those stocks are not underpriced anymore. And uh, they weren't under, they were actually slightly ahead of themselves before the market corrected. So now they're right back to levels that they were pre-crash. And here's the thing. The numbers, the slowdown in sales, the slowdown in profits that were occurring are not actually being reported until uh, this earnings season. So some of them have started to report a little bit early. Some of them have... uh, uh, if they're on a different 
calendar basis, but most of them are not. So that that's a really fascinating phenomenon that's happened. The market went down a lot, and a lot of stocks have recovered a long way from their bottoms. Most of them are not at new highs yet. Okay? The vast majority of them are not at new highs, which is confusing to a lot of people. And incidentally, since I see the phone, uh, okay, it's not a phone call, but <laughs> I was just told it was not a phone call. If you'd like to call and ask a question, the number is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And uh, I think the, yeah, if you'd like to call and, and participate today, then feel free to give us a call in that line. And again, I was just talking about how narrow this correct or the the recovery from the correction has been you know the average funds down quite a bit from where it was earlier in the year so if you're looking at your portfolio if your portfolio is diversified you're doing in other words if you're doing the right thing it looks like it's costing you money and oftentimes doing the right thing is not the most profitable thing most people don't get that they think that doing the right thing is being the most nope because sooner or later, that pendulum has a tendency to, sh- to shift into some of those other areas that have underperformed for a while. And then they go through their period of outperformance. And in the long run, they're all, they all typically end up right around one, or, or at least they have over the past hundred years or so, they've ended up right around 1% a, uh, apart. You know, sometimes small caps is winning, sometimes large caps winning over the past, 10, 15 years because large caps have done so well relative to the other categories, it looks like that would be the one for the past 30 or 40 years. Reality is most of that outperformance came over the past 5 to 10 years, not over the past 30 or 40. So if you look at rolling 10-year time periods, then the mid medium-sized companies, we call mid caps, and the smaller companies, we call small caps, they actually have had much better performance in a lot of those 10-year time periods than the large caps. So that's what I'm um, referring to when I when I say diversification doesn't feel good. It doesn't. Diversification feels horrible sometimes. When you're looking at the leading category, so over the last five years, I just put together uh, mid cap, small cap, large cap, the aggregate bond index for bonds, international emerging markets, and high yield bonds. Okay, and I, I assumed a 1.25% management fee just to make it fair across the board. And the return at the end of five years for mid-caps would have been 2.84%. Anybody excited about that? <laughs> That's mid-cap. Mid-cap's got a much better track record long run than large caps do. The uh, small cap was 1.95. Wow. 1.95. Large cap which I, I just used the S&P 500 for that, was 9.23. That's close to its long-term, like super long-term average. Okay, The others were way below their long-term averages. Bonds, average return 3%, US aggreg- based on the U.S. aggregate bond index. International, 0.76. That's rough. That's really rough. Emerging markets, 1.14, almost as rough. <laughs> and then the high yield bonds, 2.35. So if you were diversified across all those groups, now there is 
what is, there's one, one other I didn't put that in there. It was uh, real estate uh, and then real assets. Uh, most of those stocks are actually a portion or, or in some of these other indexes, which is one of the reasons I didn't include them. And I'm just not a big fan of investing in funds that invest in commodities. And there's a bunch of reasons why, mainly because the cost of investing in a commodity versus the cost of investing in the actual commodity itself are so far apart. I don't think you, I, I don't like it as an asset class. So I just excluded that. Sorry for all the finance professors out there. <laughs> but its number was actually, just so that you know, the number was a negative for five years. So those things that are supposed to be inflation uh, protect, or protect your portfolio for inflation. Those are real assets, commodities that's supposed to be, uh, you know, a hedge against inflation. Their numbers were actually the worst by a lot, by a lot. And I don't know if you've noticed, but inflation, you know, go to the grocery store now. You look at your grocery bill today versus what it was two years ago. Big difference. I mean, a huge difference. So, Anyway, my point here is that if you're getting tired of this, I understand. The vast majority of funds have not kept up with those funds that were concentrated into large companies, mostly large large tech. Sound familiar? That's exactly what happened in the late 90s. It's exactly what happened in the late 90s. Now, the difference between now and the late 90s is that the valuations on stocks are not nearly as high as they were back then, particularly in the tech area. So I, I don't think it's all that likely that you see another, you know, 70% drop like you did in a lot of technology stocks back in those days. If that were to happen today, the S&P would be down more than 50%. I, I, I don't think that that's a high probability, but there's always a chance. So, you got to take that into account when you're looking at holding on to stocks and when you're looking at diversifying, the urge is to sell everything that did poorly over the past five years and then dump it into that thing that did the best. Bad idea. Horrible idea. You, If you live more than five years, you'll probably live to regret that decision. <laughs> so just keep doing what you're doing. Diversification, that's a good thing. And if you're really tired of diversification. I've been talking about this for a few weeks now. It took a long time to uh, get uh, prepared to be able to offer these products. But there are some products out there that will guarantee a minimum return that you're going to that you're going to convert into an income one day. And I think it's very important. This this is what people are uh, not understanding. They hear this uh, a bunch of people talking about these different types of products and this is a fixed index annuity. The key term is fixed. There's a indexed annuity or an equity indexed annuity that's similar, but it, it's got some major differences. Okay, the uh, the fixed indexed gives you a fixed rate uh, of a guarantee, and in this environment with all the volatility and because bond yields are so low, I'm saying you know what this probably makes a lot of sense to take a look at right now. Because in fixed income, the chances of fixed income having a, a positive return or, or adding 
anything other than a little bit of stability to your portfolio are nearly the same as the Browns going undefeated next year. In other words, there's not a good chance that you're going to contribute a lot to your portfolio by holding on to traditional fixed income, bonds, CDs. So if you want to earn something uh, slightly more than that, then you might want to take a look at this as an option. And I, I have to emphasize that. Most people, they love to put people in categories. You know that? Well, what do you think? How are you? How do you feel on everything in the world at one time? <laughs> and you know what? The uh, I'm not. I am not wired that way. I don't know how many people are, but I look at each situation as it as it arises. Try to look at all the available options and make the best choice from there to what seems like the best choice at the time. And uh, that's how I like to roll. And and, and in fact. As an advisor, what I, what I like to do is to try to be the advisor that I would want to have if I'm in your shoes. I want you to tell me what I'm up against. I want you to show it to me. And I want you to give me some options and help me choose. But I like to make the final decision. I like to make all the final decisions on my investments. That's, that's my personality. So that's how I'll uh, actually work with potential clients that come in or existing clients. Hey, look, here's your situation. Here are the available options based on what we talked about. Incidentally, you should see the uh, questionnaire they have for this, for these fixed indexed annuities. It's pretty, it's intense. I mean, it's, it, it's a great way to get to know your clients. And this has all come up because of uh, a bunch of fiduciary responsibilities. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's awesome little time consuming that absolutely true but they're trying to help you by uh spending more time talking about what kinds of things that you want to achieve what kind of risk tolerance you have what kind of financial situation are you in right now not every product is for everybody and that kills people it just kills people i'm telling you i'm sitting on this side of the desk and i'm telling you some most people come in thinking that there's a solution it's one solution one size fits all what is your take on this well you know what if you were to run your business like that they they would put you out of business they're regulators <laughs> they come in and they they audit your books they look at your clients they look at their age they look at their financial situation they look at the investments that they're in they go hey hey, hey. they're looking for something that you know you're not doing something correct Everybody's a little bit different. I know people who can afford to take an enormous amount of risk and don't want to take any at all. That's great. Because you know what? The reason they can take an enormous amount of risk is because they have an enormous amount of money. But in that case, they don't need to take the risk. You know, they can get by on a six-tenths of 1% CD and be fine. I don't know how many people there are. <laughs> I've only met a handful of people like that, by the way, but I've met them. You know, they're out there. Believe me. Most people are going to have to do somewhere between 4 and 5% a year. And, uh, you know, now that I mentioned that, um, one of the uh, products I, I like a lot, I got their permission to get out their website. It's uh, nationwide. Um, feel free to email me on that. I can send you the link that you need to go to if you want to see what that fixed index annuity is about. And uh, it's so funny. 
everybody that I've been talking to about this is is like, oh well, but but you know you have a chance to do better, right? I'm like, uh, yeah. The uh, I think it's probably a little unlikely that you. Oh, 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 but you have a chance to do better. Yes, and the Browns could go undefeated next year. <laughs> Actually, there's there's a worse chance that the Browns are going to go undefeated. They don't have as good a chance as as this outperforming stocks, and particularly bonds. I mean, bonds. Over the next ten years, there's a, a an extremely high chance that returns on bonds are negative. Let me say that one more time, really slowly. Over the next 10 years, bonds will probably produce a negative return. And that's a, uh, so that's the main reason that I'm looking at this product because it's got a, a fixed rate of return. By the way, I'm not going to talk about what that rate is. I'll send you the link, get on the website, look at it there because it changes. That rate, it's like CDs. You know, CD rates change from time to time. So this rate changes. And when you get online, you're going to see the rate that is being offered today. That's what you're going to see. And by the way, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to buy a CD or a bond. And by the time I got the order, um, it had already changed. <laughs> so... So you got to be quick. Anyway, I'm going to go to the phones right now. And I got John. John, you've been patiently waiting, and you have a question or comment? Yes, uh, this is uh, a question on uh, risk and uh, risk investment. In your opinion, mm-hmm. a little bit of my background. My portfolio is about seventy percent stock, thirty okay. percent cash. Uh, I have a pension that takes care of most of my monthly needs, plus a little extra for savings, and then. Uh, I keep the cash for life surprises, sure. kids, grandkids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have Roth and traditional IRAs. Uh, and here's my question. With the interest rates real low, I, I had, you know, a few years ago, you could get about 2%, uh, oh, hey, 1% to 2% hey, hey, John, money market. John, I'm yeah. sorry. i got to take a quick commercial break. Can you hang on? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay here. Okay, thanks. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. We believe that he conquered death We believe in the resurrection And he's coming back again And we're back Hey John, you still there? Yes, still here Hey, (laughs) sorry about that Okay uh, anyway, you know, just uh, fairly recently, uh, prime money markets, I could get, you know, uh, 2% in that. But, of course, now they're, you know, just in the mud. Anyway, so what I've done, and I wanted your opinion on this, uh, went to real ultra-short bonds like uh, PEMCO's Mint, iShares, ICSH, and NIR, JP. Morgan, uh, JPST, and I'm, I'm tracking them, you know, with uh, my money in them, and uh, I go each month, so then I convert, you know, for annual, and I take the dividend plus the change in net asset, net asset value, 
and it comes be you know between one and two percent. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how's my risk on all this stuff compared to a prime money market? You know, is this a, am I going to lose principal? Well, or, the the near was down about ten percent when it corrected, and this is one of the things that kills me about uh, the. Uh, short-term ETF or bond ETF or bond funds for that matter. Right. Okay. Is uh, they are still subject to the crowd. Okay. So when uh, uh, 401ks or people in 401ks are, are moving money out, when individual investors are moving their money around 401ks and they're moving their money out of those categories and they're just going strictly to cash, which is the thing that the average individual investor does constantly. <laughs> The uh, it upsets the share prices and those things drop below where they should be selling. But if you are are caught in that, well, guess what? You're you're going down. You know, if you're in it, you're going down with them. Uh, the uh, but they don't care. They just want to get out at any price, and it ends up being. I mean, the the range on something like near, which is a short maturity bond fund. I think the maturity average maturity is less than a year. The uh, and anything dropped twelve <laughs> percent. I'm, I'm looking at it mean? going pardon, oh. from from peak to trough. So uh, over, you mean just recently or yeah, they, yep. They they had a big one. Uh, I'm not in near now. March was real bad when uh, exactly. You know they right. all took I, I, I you know that big dip. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, now they and you know overall and then they came back. Right. Uh, and they're, uh, and my, my principal's still there. I'm just right, but but uh, principal, I, your principal you know, has come back because yeah, it uh, has come yeah, back. Yeah, right. yeah. But my point is, they should yeah. not be dropping like that to begin with. Okay, that is fear. That's fear, and you yeah. can't control that fear. And that's yeah, I that, saw that that spike was ridiculous. Oh, how it went, and, and it was nuts. I've yeah, only okay. seen that in uh, 2008. You know, in uh, wow, I just can't okay, believe that, it. they're that, still doing that. That that that, that was uncommon. Then, do you have any? Uh, is there anything else? Uh, any other? You, you know, I'm not. Yeah, see, I get asked this question all the time. Okay. <laughs> everybody, everybody is looking for something a little safer. Unfortunately, it's just not there. Um, there when, isn't a. Ultra, ultra, short, short. No. Uh, that, well, yeah, and it, you know, and, and it pays market. like a money market. Yeah, that that's what they pay because those are <laughs> okay, it. I mean, okay. if if you want to yeah, fee- okay. if yeah, if, if you want to see the entire bond market, yeah, you can go to Wall Street Journal. I you know I have a subscription, so I I think they charge me like thirty bucks a month or something like that because I've been there for a very long time. I don't know what the current rate is, but they'll show you the the updates on the credit markets at in real time, and so you can see. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can see where they are. And in another one, do you have a do you have an account at Fidelity? Yes. Okay. Fidelity is one of the largest fixed income managers on the planet. Yeah, I'm not sure who's bigger, them or BlackRock, but they're big enough to know that if you go in there and you start doing searches for CDs and bonds, mm-hmm. okay, those rates are going to be some of the most competitive you're ever going to be able to find. Because they do so much business, Fidelity's got a boatload of bond funds, and uh, okay. um, so the, you're you're getting access like a an institutional person might get access to. the The improvement that they may get over you is so negligible; it's not worth the effort. 
but oh, okay. the uh, so it's a really good resource to go in and look at where the current interest rates are right now. Okay. And they've got a whole fixed income section there where you can look at bonds, tax-free bonds, taxable bonds, preferred stocks, CDs. By the way, their CDs typically pay a little more than uh, other CDs do because they're actually sold. They sell CDs back and forth amongst financial institutions like they do bonds now. So that's kind of oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, sometimes you can get a, a slightly better deal there. But if if you whatever you see on their website, I'm I am saving you by the way an enormous amount of time. You can send twenty five dollars into your favorite charity on my behalf okay. <laughs> because of the uh, the amount of time that I'm just saving you. You go to that website. You go to the Fidelity website. It's it's worth opening an account there just to be able to have access to that and see that. You know, in, no, I uh, well, I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I, I all my stuff is in Fidelity. Their website's fantastic. Yeah, it, they have so much, but uh, you've uh, you know you pointed me in the, in, in a good direction. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, well, I appreciate you calling, and I appreciate you listening too. Uh, okay, Bill. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. And I got Adam. Adam, you have a call, question, or comment? Hi, good morning, Bill. I enjoy your show. Oh, thanks. Um, I just had a quick question about um, maybe the length of owning a stock. Is there ever a point where you just give up on a stock maybe you had for a couple of years that just hasn't gone anywhere? Oh, yeah, I do it all the time, and it tends to be right before it goes up a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Do not think you're the only person that that ever happens to. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's just... I mean, I know you don't know. You always talk about the crystal ball. And <laughs> we went through yeah. a similar experience with Corning, uh-huh. for example. Right. And as soon as we sold it, of course, it went up. But is there ever a time frame where you, like, let's say it hasn't done anything in a couple of years. Right. And you're willing to, you know, we're highly speculative. You know, right. Like the investor, we're willing to take on the risk. Right. So but, here's here's what I would do. I would go to the company's website. I would look up these forms called 8Ks. They give you uh, insights from the management as to any current developments that are going on inside the company. If it is supposed to have a material impact, good or bad, okay, they're supposed to file one of these 8Ks when they file a uh, news release, and they like to keep people up to date. So if you're reading those, and I would probably just, just the last couple of quarters, read, read the management's discussion over the last quarter. They tell you exactly what's going on at the company. They will tell you exactly what they think is happening. Now, occasionally they get surprised too. So, uh, you know, I, I can think of, you know, half a dozen instance, instances when, uh, a CEO was totally shocked by what happened at his company. You would think that that would rarely happen. And in fact, it rarely does, but it does. So your, your best bet is to go back and look at the management's discussion and they're going to tell you good, bad or indifferent because they are, you know, they're obligated to. Um, that's one of the reasons I like us based companies because you know, they they live here. The SEC and FINRA will hand out big fines if they're not being, uh, if not disclosing everything. So it's, it's, uh, that's what I would do. And I would take a look at it. And again, I mean, it doesn't matter. 
I can't tell you how many times I've held on to a stock for years and it didn't go anywhere. And then, you know, as soon as I sold it, <laughs> it starts going a few months later or sometimes almost immediately. It's like they knew that I sold. Hey, Bullington sold it. Now it's time to go up. So, uh, <laughs> We wring our hands every, every time because yeah. we know we, we just know it's going to happen, but we're yeah. tired of waiting around. I, I should start publishing that list. <laughs> but that's one well, of the reasons. Uh, that, that's one of the other reasons to use funds too. Yeah, it, it kind of reduces that a little bit. But I I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, and it is it's tough. They call that the value trap. By the way, that that's the phrase that's bannered about the industry because it, it'll make you feel a whole lot better to know you're not the only one. <laughs> So. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yep. Well, we've we enjoy you know listening to the show, but you know it, it's it's challenging today because, like you say, we're all investors, right. whether we want to be or not. Right. Yep. And we try not to hold off for the last percentage point. We try to sell too soon when everybody's saying buy. We'd rather sell. When not when they you know, here here's what I started doing when the stock started showing up. On the momentum scans, and I've been holding it for two, three years as a value stock. Um, when it starts to come up into like, to like the top 10% of all tradable stocks or investable stocks, I'll put a 15% trailing stop on it. Just let it go. Let it keep going. And I, I learned that the hard way, by the way, missing a whole bunch of these. I've, I, and I actually, I've been using that since the late 90s, and I have never felt bad about using that. And, uh, you know, I got stopped out of Qualcomm that I had held on to for an enormous amount of time period before it finally took off. And then I, I, by that time, I adopted that rule. I was actually using 20% trailing stop at that time. And it stopped me out, and then it doubled after it stopped me out. But right now, it's selling uh, for less than the price it stopped me out at 20 years ago. <laughs> so trying to be perfect, good luck. Now, if you're still trying to be perfect, it's because you're not married. See, because if you had ever been married, you would know better. You would know you are never going to be perfect, <laughs> no matter what you do or how hard you try. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But kind we, of. Have, we enjoy it. It's, it's, it's been very challenging for, for you know, everybody involved. And uh, it's, like I said, now more than ever with the volatility and the Especially in the bigger names like the Amazons, and uh, they yeah. just keep going up and up and up, and that's not the whole market. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. You take the top fifty stocks out of the S and P five hundred, the return drops like a rock. So it's yeah. That, that's kind of what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Diver- diversification does not feel good, especially when the large caps are running. <laughs> if if the small cap or international or emerging market were actually leading at some point in time, they probably will. You know, if history is any guide at all. Yeah, uh, everybody's gonna have the same thing. Oh, I should have been in there. That's what the whole idea behind diversification is. Is you know we're gonna hold on to these even when they're not performing the best because at some point in time they probably will. And you can't guarantee that either. Uh, so no, in the in the long run, they're just they're just no guarantees. You have to just do the best you can. Uh, if you're profitable, great. A lot of people are in the stock market for decades and never make much money at all. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people I've I've seen. I look at their portfolios and and they're up like seven to ten percent over a twenty year time period. I mean, and I'm not talking seven percent a year. I mean seven percent. 
Wow. <laughs> Over wow. 20 Put years. Yeah, they would have been better off in the 0.6% money market account. <laughs> yeah, all and, that effort and risk just down the drain. Oh, it's yeah, it's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Bill, thanks again, and have a great weekend. Hey, thanks you too. Thanks for calling too. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, that, that's one of the reasons that these uh, products that have higher guarantees on them is a is a in today's environment, it's actually a really good thing. And it's funny. I always get people, well, I thought you hated annuities. No, I, I've never said that. There are certain types of annuities that are extremely expensive. I'm not a, a real big fan of. Actually, I don't like them at all. Uh, I thought they were just kind of taking advantage of a lot of people. Um, but, you know, the uh, they offered at least some benefit. It was slightly more um, less risky than putting your money into... Uh, I don't know, high yield bonds, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah. And now there's, there's some pretty good ones. Um, I think they're very good and it all stems from a company's ability to manage risk and how much their time horizon is. See, as people, we have life expectancies, you know, you get to a certain age and you can't keep investing like you do in your, when you were young. Somebody in their thirties or forties should not have the same portfolio as somebody who's in their late 50s, early 60s, and the late 50, early 60 crowd probably has should have a different portfolio than somebody who's in the 70s or 80s crowd, and more and more people are living longer and longer. That That's an issue that's actually being dealt with. That's why these products are being developed. These are relatively new, and they're different. So if you'd like to talk about it, that's all I do, by the way, is, is talk on the phone and hand out uh, um Transactions for Gary to execute and Melissa to handle the paperwork work with were the uh, three musketeers. <laughs> and uh, one of these days we'll have a D'Artagnan. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it's kind of what we do on a daily basis. Um, so if you've got questions, you know, feel free. Just drop me a line. Go to Bill at BullingtonCapital.com. I mean, you can email me there. You can go to my website, Bullington Capital. There's a contact us page there. I'm working on a uh, a YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's going to be, um, and I've been saying this for years now, but the uh, reality is it's probably in the next three to six months. So we're making more progress with that. And, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. And quite frankly, I've been incredibly busy over the last few years. It's not like I'm not doing anything all day. <laughs> so to, to put in the kind of time it takes to do something like that is uh, it's pretty substantial. So anyway, um, if you have questions, if you have topics that you would like me to talk about on the radio program, feel free to drop me a line. I've gotten some of my better ideas for radio shows from people who are listening and just said, hey, you know, can, could you talk about this? So that works out pretty well. I always like to try to take a bunch of different topics for each show, that, and I'm, and I'm going to commit the last 20 minutes. When we come back for a, a, a commercial break, I can say that. The, uh, I'm going to talk about some individual stocks that I found interesting. So stay tuned. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I'll be right back. Among the least of these, the weary and the And I'm back. 
Hey, I'm Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. And you can actually go to my website if you'd like to pick up this show and listen to it again. Not sure why anybody would want to do that, but <laughs> it's uh, my website is bullingtoncapital.com. If you'd like to reach out with a question, you'd like to set up an appointment, there's no cost. can be done over the phone or in person. And uh, all the details are, are there on my website. Um, and I'm going to go to the phones right now. If you'd like to call in with a question, we've got about 15 minutes left, 216-901-0945. I'm going to go right to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing? Good morning, William. How are you? All right, yourself? Pretty good. Good, good. Uh, we're going to talk about two stocks this morning. I'd like to hear what your opinion be. They're diametrically opposed, uh, but I know one of them you're not real fond of or moderately fond of. It's Home Depot. What do you think of this run they've been having? Um, Hang on. Let me take a look at it. I haven't looked at that stock in forever. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's okay. It's yeah, 2018. It was 200 bucks a share, uh, so it's at 265 now. That's about 28 percent over you know, two and a half or two years. That's not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's, it's, uh, it's not a screamer. I mean that that's not. Oh no. But, yeah, but it's okay. Uh, is the easy money's been made in it now? I I think at least for the time being. Uh, stay or go. I don't know. It's it's in several of the uh, ETFs that I own, so I really don't worry about uh -huh. it. Yeah. Okay. I'll let them decide. Okay. Uh, put a, put a uh, stop on it so you don't lose whatever you mm, made. You know what? If so. you put a stop on stocks like that, you're just going to get stopped out over and over and over again, and you'll probably make nothing. You'll probably lose money on it. That That's not the type of stock that you would actually use a stop with. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you use something... Uh, the higher beta, a little more aggressive, I would assume. Well, you'd look at the sales growth rate or the valuation, one of the two. If if a stock is super cheap, like if it's got uh -huh. a, if it's got a price to sales ratio below point five, and it's uh -huh. and it's running really fast, okay, it comes up on one of the momentum scans, like the look out for the bull website. Then yeah, that's a, a stock that you want to put a stop on. If a stock okay. if a stock's revenue is growing, say, better than 15% a year, that's hard to do. 15% revenue okay. growth is incredibly difficult to do, especially when you're doing several hundred million dollars. Okay, Then you can, right, use, right. You, you can use a stop on a stock like that, too. If it shows up on a momentum scan and it's growing super fast, or if it shows up on a momentum scan and its valuation is super low, then I would say, okay, yeah, you could use a trailing stop on that. Now, don't get aggravated, by the way, because overstock stops me out all the time. I can't. I don't know how many times I've owned that stock. I know it's been uh, very positive for my portfolio over the years, but I would bet you I've lost more money. Uh, I've I've lost money more times than I've made money on that stock. I'm still ahead, mm -hmm. and most mm -hmm. people don't know how that works. Well, it's because I keep my losses relatively small because I know that stock. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, okay. Uh, well, then this this might be a good one to do us. I uh, stop. On, no, uh, it would be horrible. You weren't no, listening to anything I just said. No, yeah, no, that, no, that is killing stock. me. Pardon me? The next stock. Oh, okay. All right. Phew. You're okay. No, no. Now I feel better. Uh, now, how, how, how about Qualys? Q-L-Y-S, a uh, cybersecurity stock that's done fairly well. Great sales growth. I think it's 20, 25% a year. Uh, I've owned that since it was at about 
20s. I think today it's uh, somewhere. You own that in the 20s? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wow. friend of mine lives out in California, and he told me all about it. Because oh, it was only 20 in 2016 for a little while. It was uh, well, It was 20 in 2014, uh, and then it, it went up to 60, and then it went back down below 20. And, uh, that's that's yeah. why I said it would be a good stock to put a uh, trailing stop on. I, I don't know. The, uh, right. Let me take a look, because uh, i got to pull up the... Currently... Uh, price earnings is about sixty-two. Price earnings is is not meaningful. In no. this, it, with a momentum stock, it does not matter. No, I'm sure for a momentum it does, but I mean it's demonstrated some uh, some staying power. It's a solid company. It's well, see here, you're, you're, here's the problem I see right now. You're confusing a value-oriented approach with a momentum approach. Those are two okay. entirely different things. You, you're either going to be one or the other. You need to decide, you know, and that can do, be done on a per stock basis. Okay, right, so right. yeah, which I do all the time. Like I'm not my what you call it uh, Discover Financial Services. I bought because it came up on a momentum scan, and I liked the underlying valuation, and I liked the business model. I thought it was pretty easy. It's a credit card company, so right, right. and I held it, and it was up pretty decently over a couple year time period, and then it just got crushed. So, and everybody, uh-huh. well, why didn't you put a trailing stop on it? Because it's, that's not why I bought it. I bought it because yeah. I liked the valuation and I liked the business that they're in. So, uh, I ended up buying more, uh, trying to get my costs down and it kept dropping. I bought some more. It kept dropping. Ooh. I swallowed really yeah. hard on that last purchase. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. I but, you uh, did. and, and now I'm back ahead on it and it's, it's okay. You know, the, uh, but I'm telling you that, Right after I bought it the second time, after I'd added to it twice, it got cut in half again. Wow. So, oh, yeah, this, this is. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, Qualis, revenue, $332 million, market cap, $4.29 billion. That is not a value stock. Okay. That is a. Uh, that's, a growth, that's a growth stock, is re- what it is, right? Yeah. Revenue growth was 14% year over year, which is pretty right. good, but it's not yeah. a. I, I, would, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. It's okay. not. It's not growing fast enough. Three hundred thirty-two million dollars in total revenue, let trailing twelve months. It's selling for four point three billion. For that's that's like that's like thirteen times its average revenue. So not as bad as Beyond Meats, but it's still uh, way way there ahead of where it should be. Yeah, that that's like you know saying Russia is not as bad as China. <laughs> <laughs> the uh but anyway the yeah it's you're 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 coming along <laughs> you're okay. making you're making okay. a lot of progress the uh and i watch quailis go out and double because i said that but the um mm-hmm. that's typically what happens but uh i'm just kidding okay well uh um at this point i have some calls out there that are going out to august and uh they're slightly uh, in the money now. I'm just wondering, should I just let it get called or what? Wow. See, like something it. like that, man. This is not a high predictability stock. And, yeah. you, and you've yeah, got I calls on it, which, you know, uh, when you take a position in oh, options. Yeah. Oh, you're covering? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, co- I've covered it. I, yeah. I've i been in Quailas for a long time also. And uh, yeah. so I said, I don't know if I want to let go, let it go if it crosses 110. Well, just remember, the, a- the average stock. 
has a 50% range per year. That's the average sure. stock. And that's on the New York Stock Exchange, by the way. Big companies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and this one having a valuation as high as it is, it would not, it would not be uncommon for it to go down 60, 70%, no sweat. So that, that covered call doesn't offer a lot of protection. Actually, it becomes a, uh, an iron collar as you, you're, uh, obligated to hang on to it until the call expires while the stock is getting pummeled. It's not that risky, Bill. I, hell, I've made a fair amount of money. I've been in that one since, uh, like 50 at 50 bucks. I'm, I'm. Hey, let me tell you something. There were an awful lot of people who had, uh, invested in a lot of companies that have been around for decades that lost 80, yeah. 90% of their money. Ask anybody that invested in Fannie Mae. That was a yeah, government, that's, that's very true. That was a government sponsored agency. They lost yeah. all their money. And I feel really bad about that. I mean, that, that's happened more times than I can think of. So it's okay. As long as you keep those positions like that, less than 3% of your net worth. I used to say 5%, but I'm getting oh, older yeah. now. Yeah. No, no. Hell, if it's, Three percent. It's a lot, but yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Next, next question. If you have a moment, is it uh, acceptable to uh, does SEC allow you to sell covered calls at the same time placing a uh, stop loss um, on a stock? You can, and uh-huh. yeah, you can do that. But you you'd be asking for it. Um, let Let's say you did this on a stock. They uh, it goes down. You sell the stock. Now you're naked the call, and somebody somebody buys them out at a forty percent premium. You got some major losses there. Yeah, that yeah. that's what can happen. So that's the risk. the The risk okay. is not that it's likely to happen, but you know, I don't want any Possibly. chance of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I I would say that you're ultra conservative. I'm probably a little more aggressive. But no, no, I'm a, I'm actually aggressive, and but I, I know what I'm doing. A lot of the stuff that you're describing, dude, is something that rookies do. The, uh, okay. You know, that's a uh, okay. <laughs> it's along well, the right know. path, and and if you live long enough, you'll actually <laughs> gain. <laughs> I'm I'm already uh, fair along uh, my. Uh, my journey in time. I don't need any more. <laughs> well, you got to uh, stay. Okay, you got to stay with the last, easier ones. That last question I have for you. Uh, you're talking about stocks that can move, so forth and so on. I have got in it on Lazard L A Z when it was uh, very low. I think it was in the 20s. Wrote it up to about 45. I unfortunately didn't bail. It's back in the 20s. Uh, this is all within the span of a year, year and a half. Um, why is a stock such as Lazard, which is financial, why are they getting hammered so badly? Because it's a stock. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, all stocks other, do that. Sto- yeah, all stocks do that. That's not specific to Lazard. The uh, but the financial services, especially the smaller financial service, they're huge relative to our bank accounts. But when you start okay. comparing them to all the other financial institutions out there, they're fairly small. And okay. uh, and they can get hit really hard because they're they're heavily heavily reliant on transactions, which you know you would think would actually help them, but they also hold investment portfolios. I'll have to finish this one next week, Jerry, because I hear the music. That means my show is over. Okay. But uh, thanks. All right, well, thanks for calling, and thanks for listening, everybody. You're listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from eleven to noon. Have a good week, good investing, and good luck.
You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.